Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have Welcome to Pittsburgh Six-Pack of Fact or Fiction 
My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and usually with me is Zach Parnes, but he is on staycation this evening. So joining me instead is Eric O'Connell. Eric, good evening, and welcome to the six-pack of Fact or Fiction. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Happy to uh, pitch it tonight. Well, hey, we are so glad to have you. We have so much to talk talk about this evening. And uh, Eric is has been with uh, – with behind the steel curtain for uh, for a few months now, and uh, one of the things that that Eric has done, which was a monumental task, which if uh, if you saw the start in the uh, in early summer, was ninety for ninety, where he profiled ninety players of the Pittsburgh Steelers every single day. Which I got to tell you, that is a really tough thing to do. He also works. Uh, works on breaking down games for behind the steel curtain. So make sure you check out Eric O'Connell, but Eric, uh, how, how does that go for you? That's a, that's a lot of work. Uh, you know, I got a routine, so I just, you know, stick to that, get it done. Um, as long as I, you know, spend some time making sure I have everything in place before I start actually looking at the game, I can get it done pretty quickly. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And we're glad that you're able to, uh, uh, pitch it, pitch in, and uh, and work so hard for behind the steel curtain. And remember, behind the steel curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, whether it's scouting reports, whether it's a commentary, whether it's film room, um, breakdowns of the game, breakdown of uh, what's to come, everything that you need to view and support your Pittsburgh Steelers, you will find on behind the steel curtain. Now, Steelers fact or fiction, you know how it works. It's simple. You know, we take six bold statements regarding the State of the Union of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we break them down whether they are indeed fact or if they are fiction. So what we're going to do, Eric and I tonight, are going to take six of those statements, and they're probably a little more somber since we just came off a terrible week um, against Philadelphia. And any thoughts from that game before we get started, Eric? Um, I mean, that was just... I don't think anyone saw that coming. I mean, I think everyone on our <laughs> site picked uh, picked the Steelers to win, but I mean, Eagles three and zero behind a rookie quarterback. I I didn't see it coming. Um, I definitely didn't see us losing by thirty points. But well, I, one guy did, game. and that was uh, I believe it was Tony DeFeo who uh, who went against the grain, went ahead and picked the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was completely correct. And uh, we'll see. Uh, but coming up Thursday, everybody's picks for the Kansas City game. Now, uh, Six Pack of Factor Fiction is brought to you by Frank Walker Law. The top 100 ranked trial attorney is Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412 212 3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304 712 2089. You should also check out his website. It's com to see how he can help you in your time of need. It's Frank Walker. Real talk, real experience, real results. Now, if you want to get involved in the show, we would love to hear from you. But what we do is we typically get through the six-pack, and then we take calls. So please call 347-850-8581. But if you call right now, you're going to be waiting a little while because we will get through the six, and then we're going to hear exactly what you have to say. So, Eric, are you ready to crack open that six-pack of fact or fiction? Absolutely. Let's get it going. All right. This is one that uh, 
I'm ready to tackle, and I'm not completely sure what it's going to be, but it surrounds the captain, Ben Roethlisberger. So fact or fiction number one, Eric, Ben Roethlisberger's performance against Philadelphia was among his worst ever in his 13-year career. Is that a fact, or would you say that's fiction? I'm going to say that's fiction. Um, obviously, Ben had a pretty rough game. Um, yeah, his completion percentage was only about 50%. Uh, 200 yards interception, no touchdowns. But that's a little bit of a recency bias. Um, yeah, he didn't play well uh, in 2014 against Cleveland, um, which was a, not a you know three and team. Uh, he didn't play well in the Super Bowl against uh, Seattle. Um, so, yeah, Ben's had some rough games, and if you look at it um, outside the box a little bit. An early September matchup against a non-conference rival, um, you know, not even in division, uh, you, you can live with that. Bad games are going to happen. It was a very bad game, but he's he's put up some duds before in his career, and I don't think this is among the worst. You know, Eric, I have seen him throw four interceptions in a game, but I did not see him. I cannot recall when I have seen him look this befuddled. And I'm sure that when he went home after that game, after that uh, bus ride or flight home from Philadelphia, whatever it is that they did, that he went in, tucked in the children, kissed the wife. But before he went to bed, he looked underneath his bed to see if Fletcher Cox was waiting there for him because that seemed to be – he seemed to be in his grill all day along with Brandon Graham. Those guys knew knew his number. He could not get anything done. And he just – it was just one of the worst performances that I've ever seen. But one thing about Ben Roethlisberger is you know that he is going to bounce back. And he takes these games and he wears them on his sleeve and he knows that uh, he does not want to feel this, this way again. So I am looking forward to him bouncing back in a big way come Sunday night. That game ended when, when Marcus Wheaton dropped that ball in the end zone on the very first drive. They looked like a dominant offense coming down. Then next thing you know, Chris Boswell gets blocked. And that game really ended right there when momentum shifted. It, it, it just, I mean, when you have professionals like that, there's no way that they shouldn't be able to rebound, but there was nothing they could do. Jim Schwartz and the Philadelphia defense just confused him all day. So I'm going to say that that is a fact that it would be one of his top five worst games ever. And I probably think that uh, based on his post-game comments, he would probably agree with that. He was not proud of the entire team and his performance either. Eric? Well, I, he definitely didn't uh, get any help from any of his teammates. Uh, you know, we didn't drop in that ball, block, but got to give Philadelphia a little bit of credit. They uh, They definitely came to play and, you know, I think Pittsburgh kind of came in with a little bit of a, uh, you know, if the Eagles haven't played anyone, we're 2-0. We're coming off a high of our division, you know, a victory over our division rivals. We'll show them, and to the Eagles' credit, they, you know, stuck it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it, it seems that one thing that uh, seems to be the case all the time in the National Football League, especially lately, is the fact that when you play down to the cup, the competition. If you feel that that team is not as good as you, they know it. They they definitely know it. The other team and they play up. 
and sometimes you get caught. And it seems in the last few years, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've seen it against Tampa Bay two years ago, against Cleveland two years ago, Michael Vick and the New York Jets two years ago, um, games last year, that, uh, the Baltimore Ravens in uh, week four of the season. Um, I know that was aided by uh, Josh Scobie misses, but it, it just seems that when they have a team that is not playing as well as them and when they are the when they are a, a very big favorite that they just don't get it done and they look past some past some teams so we're hoping that that doesn't happen this week so let's move on to number two we've disagreed on the first one um eric went ahead and said fiction i went ahead and said fact so let's see what we think about number two and i actually think this is something we're both going to agree on wholeheartedly Number two, fact or fiction, players have much better things to worry about than letting fans down in fantasy football. That's definitely not one of them. What do you say, fact or fiction? That is definitely a fact. Um, I can't imagine being uh, D'Angelo Williams, which I think uh, inspired this question. Um, He had a rough game, terrible game. He knows he didn't play well, and he, he checks his phone after the game, and it's just blowing up with, you know, people he's never going to meet in his life telling them that they he cost them their fantasy game. Uh, I, I don't think that was on D'Angelo Williams or any other NFL players' radar. You know what, Eric? There is I. This was a plant question. This was, I mean, I knew what you were going to say. I know what I'm going to say. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with us. So I'm definitely going to go out and say definite fact, a big fact fact, actually, in this situation. Um, this is the quote from D'Angelo Williams um, on his, uh, I saw it on Facebook yesterday. He also tweeted it out. And this is how it goes. For all of you tweeting at me about your fantasy teams losing with all due respect, I just don't care. Like not even a little bit focused on Kansas city. Now, when I read that, I was like, yes, that is exactly what I want to hear. We are focused on Kansas city and nothing else. You know, these players don't owe us anything as far as fantasy football goes. And I feel people that play fantasy football, and I am one of them, but people feel that these, these players should bow to you because you drafted them. You're going to draft a guy like Antonio Brown. You're going to draft a guy like D'Angelo Williams. You show me how many leagues that those teams are not on rosters, and I'll probably – tell you zero or it's in Pakistan where they've never heard of D-Well. I mean, that's just a fact there. And I, uh, in my Random Thoughts article on August 31st, uh, almost a month ago, I put this in there. And I, I didn't even, of course, I did not foresee this happening. But I, I wrote this. I'm, I'd like to read this. Speaking of fantasy football, if you happen to run into an NFL player, the only thing they'd rather hear uttered than you need to take a paternity test is, you're on my fantasy team. Nothing's going to halt the conversation faster. I mean, I don't know what you're hoping to hear anyway. Thanks for having enough faith to draft me, and I'm sorry I haven't performed your expectations. I'll do better, I promise. Or here's some money to cover the rest of the league fees and potential prize money that I have deprived you of. I mean, you're never going to hear that from a player. Most likely they're going to say, you know, I'm going to go over there now, thanks. I mean, they don't want to hear that, that, that they're on your fantasy football team. I know there's an advertisement right now. Um, it's a clever advertisement with uh, Antonio Brown and a fellow in the airport talking about um, 
them being teammates because of fantasy football. You know, it's cute. But, you know, those guys don't want to hear that. They don't want to feel like they don't want you to intimate that they owe you anything and they've got to play well so you could win 25 bucks at the end of the year and, and a, a championship belt. It's just not, I mean, it, it's bad form. And, you know, I can imagine what's going on in their head, but you probably look like a complete fool for saying that to a player if you ever run into them, and especially tweeting them. At that point, you're hiding behind your keyboard and you're tweeting out to them. Just don't do it. Don't do it to those guys. That's just not right. We want them to focus on the Kansas City Chiefs. We want them to focus on winning. The last thing I'm going to say about fantasy football, I'm in a few leagues. I love it. I love to play. But when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, fantasy does not trump my love for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they're playing Kansas City this week and I have Jamal Charles, I don't care if Jamal Charles goes ahead and scores or not. I want them to shut him down. I will get my fantasy points elsewhere. I don't care. If I lose this week, I could lose all 15 games and in the playoffs. I don't care as long as the Pittsburgh Steelers win. Fantasy is second, and especially with these guys, don't do it to these guys. Just stop it. Eric? The only thing I would – I completely with everything, agree with everything you just said there. The only thing I would add to is if I'm the last player of the game, D'Angelo Williams, you know, scored a 90-yard touchdown and that, you know, put him over probably like 12 points or something in fantasy right there. No one would have said anything to him. Everyone would have said, oh, good job. He, he did good. Meanwhile, anyone who watched the game would know he had a terrible game and that was just, you know, a lucky play that happened to go. Especially there's lost 34 to 10. So it, it's like you, if you're playing fantasy football to a certain extent, you're not actually watching the games, seeing what's going on. And what's good in fantasy isn't always good in real life. And bottom line is, if you ever encounter a player, you should absolutely never bring up fantasy football. They do not want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. You know what? I've, I've met a few players the um, over the years, and I ran into a couple in Virginia um, a year and a half ago. And it was Ryan Shazier was one of them, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Shamarco Thomas. And I went up to him and I talked to, I talked to him. But this is what I say to him. I say thank you. It's like, look, I thank you for what you do on the field. It gives me great entertainment. I appreciate watching you and the joy I get from watching you. Thank you. And I, I, I talked to him. I talked to Shamarco about, I mean, Shamarco's had a tough going with losing both of his, his parents early on and uh, raising them while he was still a student at uh, Syracuse University. And I talked to him about um, how I admired him for uh, the, the way he's uh, raising his brothers and sisters and starting his own family, and he couldn't have been nicer. And when I, uh, I complimented Ryan Shazier, just said thank you, I mean, that guy completely changed his demeanor and wanted to have a conversation with me. Just, I don't want to talk about football. I, I want to treat them like people. And that's the way they wanted to be treated, not wanting to hear about what they did wrong or what they need to do. Just, just thank them. And, or just uh, say, hey, how you doing? That's it. That's, uh, that's how I feel about that. Remember that uh, they may be on your fantasy team or you may rely on them every week for your entertainment, but they're people too. And there's nothing that bothers me more than, hey, you have to perform better this week because 
my uh, 200 bucks at the end of the year relies on it. You know, if you can't get that 200 bucks elsewhere, then, you know, you shouldn't be spending it on uh, your league fees anyways. But I'm going to go ahead and move on from that. That's definitely, if we look at the scorecard, that's definitely one that we do agree on. I'm going to move on to something that's really been a thorn in the side for Pittsburgh Steelers fans since week one. And even uh, even with the 2-0 start, this has been bothersome. So statement number three, let the defensive backs fight their own battles. The defense and pass rushers need to dedicate more time to getting to the quarterback. Is that fact or fiction? That one's tough. Um, I'm going to say fact, but the defensive backs, um, a lot of them are young. Um, and leaving them on their own too much could end up being more disastrous than if we, the Steelers uh, don't get a pass rush. But that being said, the Steelers have uh, a number of uh, quarterbacks that are uh, – at the elite or borderline elite level coming up, and one way to take pressure off of your young defensive backs is getting to the quarterback. Um, it's been a quiet opening three games from James Harrison. Um, it's been a quiet on the defensive line. I I think it's a fact. I think you you need to add a new wrinkle and start going after the quarterback more. Eric, I agree with what you're saying that this is tough. This is a double-edged sword because. If you let those guys alone on an island, they can get lit up. But here's, and if you go after them, that's protecting them. However, here's the problem. They're getting lit up anyways with you back there, and the defense gave up 34 points, more points than the combined two weeks. Uh, they gave up 32 in the first two weeks. They gave up 34 last week. So, I mean, that's a huge increase. So, with that being said, Time that uh, Keith Butler goes back to the drawing board and uh, and really unleashes. Um, but one thing that I would like to see, and I mean it might be full gold, but a guy that you want to see back there and we haven't is number twenty four, Justin Gilbert. I mean he was a uh, he was a prize pickup off of the waiver wire. Actually he was traded, but he was about to be waived. But um, he was picked up right at the uh, at the end of preseason, right before uh, the 53 rosters, the 53 man roster was set, and you picked up a guy in in similar fashion last year in Ross Cockrell, and he's starting to shine. Um, you have a guy, get him out there. That's that's another guy that that might if you have another guy out there and another guy starting to contribute. Maybe you have the room to let those guys go a little bit. And, you know, they can't do it any worse on their own. And if, if it becomes a failed experiment, go back to the drawing board. But you've got to change something up at this point. That's the bottom line, Eric. I agree. Um, I was looking at the snap totals from this past game, and Gilbert only had two snaps, uh, both on special teams. So I'm starting to get some uh, Brandon Boykin vibes from him. You know, you get another guy that everyone looks at on the roster and says, why isn't this guy playing? He has to be better than some of the people are putting out. Um, I know injuries are playing a bit of a uh, a role in the Steelers, too. Um, we saw um, 
uh, Mitchell went down last game. Um, do you, you get, and you saw a lot Golden. of uh, Sean da- oh, Golden went down, excuse me, you're right. Um, you saw a lot of Sean Davis back at safety. Um, but I, I agree. I think I think you, it's time to see what you have there. Uh, Cockrell's looked good. I think you can let him, you know, start to start to blossom a little bit on his own. Um, so I, I agree. I think I think it's time to to let some of the young guys play back there and take a little risk. Here's the funny thing about Ross Cockrell: when they were uh, getting ready to pick in the fourth round, the two guys that they were thinking about um, at that time in 2000. Um, 15 when when they went ahead excuse me 2014 when they were making the selection it was Mark Davis Bryant or Ross Cockrell they were uh, they were guys that the team was really looking at hard and uh, Cockrell ended up going to the Bills before before they uh, chose Mark Davis Bryant but now you have both of those guys on the roster and um, well of course Mark Davis is not on the roster now but um, with the team in some in some fashion, although being on the suspended list. But um, they they actually got both the guys that they were seeking in that fourth round. Um, too bad in the third round that uh, they didn't forget uh, Tree Archer's name, but that's for a whole other conversation. But uh, there is some talent back there. That's the bottom line. I mean, William Gay can still play. Um, you have Cockrell. We have young guys that we've seen some flashes, flashes of brilliance from Artie Burns. And we've seen some uh, some tough play out of Sean Davis. And those guys are going to grow. And in a few weeks, you're going to see number 27, hopefully for the first time, send quite Golson. Uh, there are guys back there that can play. Of course, you have Mike Mitchell. Let's see what they can do on their own. And, you know, it, it can't get any worse than that horrible day in Philadelphia. Well, with that being said, we are at the midway point of finishing the entire six-pack of Steelers Factor Fiction. So let's take a quick break and hear something from our sponsor. This is Frank Walker Law. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. That's Frank Walker Law. Real talk, real experience, real results. Once again, it's the Steelers six-pack of factor fiction. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and with me tonight is Eric O'Connell, subbing for the vacationing Zach Parnes up at Syracuse University. And uh, we will be hearing from Zach once again next week. But uh, filling in in ably is Eric, doing a fantastic job as we're going through. So far, we've agreed wholeheartedly on two of them and disagreed on one. So we're not always going to agree. You are not always going to agree with what we're saying. So that's why we do want to hear from you. So um, after we finish the complete six-pack, we have three to go. We are going to take calls. We already have one waiting in the queue, and we can't wait to hear from all of you. So once again, be sure to call 347-850-8581. Eric, are you ready to finish that six-pack? I'm absolutely ready. All right, here we go. We've been waiting for this for a long while now, ever since we heard we were going to lose Le'Veon Bell. Well, he is going to be back. <laughs> 
So number four, Le'Veon Bell rushes for over 100 yards and scores a touchdown in his first game back. Is that a fact or is that fiction? I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say that's a fact. Um, I think Mike Coblin today, speaking to the media, said he didn't see any conditioning issues with Bell coming back. I think the Steelers are going to be um, anxious to get Bell rolling because uh, we all know what kind of a dynamic player he is. I think he's going to want to you know, test his knee, make sure everything's going well, and he's only going to do that by getting more reps. Um, Kansas City has been uh, – they've let up some room to run on the ground. They gave up 155 yards against San Diego, 117 last week to the Jets, and in the middle they gave up about 97 to Houston. Um, I think Bell is absolutely gonna gonna get rolling again. Well, you know, I'm gonna take Levy on Bell over Melvin Gordon. I'm taking him over Lamar Miller, and I'm taking him over Matt Forte. Um, just bar none, he is uh, he is better than those players. And if this was a movie poster, it would say "Juice the Redemption." because he needs redemption. You know he wants it. He's already tweeted out that I am back. He's uh, announced himself to the entire league that I am back, and he is wanting to come out there, and he is going to want to shine, especially when you're on a game called by Michaels and Collinsworth. You know on Sunday night football, football night in America, and you are on the big stage, and you're definitely going to want to be on that horse trailer at the end of the game. And I have a feeling that this is going to be Le'Veon Bell's comeback from injury and comeback from egg on his face due to another suspension. So I know he's going to want to play, and you know what he can do. You saw what he can do in the preseason. Um, I'm not worried about this at all. I would think that 100 yards should be no problem whatsoever, and I expect him to get into the end zone. I think it's going to be game played game plan for him to go ahead and get in the end zone. Um, it's something that actually needs to be done. The, the fans need to see it. The players need to see it. Le'Veon needs to see it. So I I could really see this happening. In fact, I'd be surprised if it doesn't. So I'm going to agree with you and go ahead and say fact. Now we're going to move on quickly to number five because this ties into number four. Now, barring entry to Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams becomes a forgotten man in Pittsburgh. Is that fact or is that fiction? I'm also going to say fact for this one. Um, the Steelers kind of struggle with splitting up the uh, the rushing attempts between everybody. We uh, seem to favor having that one uh, pardon the pun, bell cow back. Uh, I went back and looked at the four games last year that Williams and uh, Bell played together. Uh, in four games, Williams rushed. 12 times um, and no more than five in one game. Uh, it, just, it just seems to me that Le'Veon Bell is so dynamic that it's tough to force him out of a game and bring in Williams. I don't think Williams' skill set is that different than what Bell offers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think William, you're going to see Williams on the on the bench a lot more going forward. You know what? You are going to see him on the bench a lot more, but I'm going to go and say fiction. I'm going to say that for a reason. I think they, everything you said was completely correct. He was a forgotten man when Le'Veon Bell came back from suspension last year. And then, all of a sudden, he goes down against Cincinnati, and it's like, oh, hey, D'Angelo, we need you, baby. 
But why didn't you take care of him in those four games? And it's possible to do. Now, I agree with you. You don't want to take the ball away from your work, your workhorse. If you take a few carries away from him, it, it will help out. Um, maybe that, that keeps him healthier. But here's something that the week that Le'Veon Bell was suspended, Zach and I had um, we had a show that night. And we had a fact or fiction, and one of the first ones that we had on there is that you will see, fact or fiction, you will see a two-headed monster at running back in Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams, sometimes in the very same backfield at the very same time. And we were both going to say fact at that. That's something that, that, uh, that was being thrown around before training camp in the mini camps. That was something that uh, it had been rumored that uh, Todd Haley was uh, experimenting with. It actually makes a whole lot of sense. It actually makes sense even more with the fact that you don't have a Roosevelt Knicks and you're not sure when he's going to come back from injury. You know he's going to be back, but you don't know how soon. So maybe have those two options in the backfield at the same time, especially when you know Le'Veon Bell can catch the ball in the backfield, but you have to you have to know where he is every single time he's on the field. And if you let a guy like, uh, like Angela Williams run around unattended, he's going to kill you too. So there are some great possibilities there. I think that they're going to look at last year and see how they could handle the situation a whole lot better. And I have a feeling that they, they might tinker with it a little bit more, maybe rest Le'Veon Bell a little bit more and uh, give D'Angelo Williams a chance and keep him going. So I'm going to completely disagree with you. I agree with your theories, but I'm going to disagree with you. I think they're going to try to take care of uh, D'Angelo Williams as well as Le'Veon Bell. So I'm going to go ahead and say fiction. He will not be a forgotten man in the Pittsburgh Steelers' backfield. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So let's go on now to, wow, we have finished up this six-pack. We have guzzled it down, and we're on to the last can. So let's go ahead on to number six. Eric Factor Fiction, the Baltimore Ravens at 3-0, and are the best team in the AFC North. Is that fact or fiction? I'm going to say fiction. Um, I know there's the, the famous Bill Parcells quote, you are what your record says. And right now the record says that uh, the Ravens are undefeated. But we've beaten the Bills, Browns, and Jaguars, and none of those teams have looked especially threatening. Um, 
I know the Steelers beat the the Redskins and the uh, uh, Bengals, and I think the Bengals are a better team than either the Browns, Bills, or Jaguars. So I'm still going to say the Steelers are the best team in the AFC North. Um, I do think Baltimore is a playoff team this year, so I'm very excited to see the Steelers take on the Ravens um, and they can settle it on the field. But as of right now, I'm not especially concerned with the Ravens. Well, you know what? This is a tough one for me. And uh, the reason it is is because Baltimore is a completely different team than what you saw last year. Um, You know, they were bitten so hard by the injury bug. And I know the Steelers were too. The Kansas City Chiefs were destroyed by the injury bug. And uh, those two teams did make the playoffs and the Ravens did not. But they just got destroyed. They lost Flacco. They lost Steve Smith Sr. They lost – Terrell Suggs very early on, Justin Forsett. I mean, the list goes on and on and on on who they lost. And they just could not handle it. And they got a lot of those guys back. They made some um, key additions in the offseason. Um, they they usually, uh, Ozzie Newsom is such a great personnel man. man. They brought in a guy like uh, Eric Weddle, who is a quarterback on your defense. Um, uh, another one. That is a tough team. They are um, right now one of the number one defenses in the entire National Football League. Um, I've I've been uh, looking at those numbers for an article that we do uh, at the end of the week, uh, looking at the Steelers among the league leaders. And when you look there, it's uh, Baltimore's dominating on the, the defensive side of the ball. True, they have played some crappy teams. I mean, we know how bad Cleveland is. Um, and we know that uh, the Buffalo is not that fantastic either. Even though they did put a, a whipping on uh, on Arizona the other day, it's just Buffalo is just not the team it was a year ago either. But here's the funny thing that happens when you start off three and zero: you start believing in yourself more and more and more. And you see those wins starting to rack up, and you're like, hey, this is no problem because these are professionals on the other side of the ball. We're just going to keep on rolling. And then you get that confidence, and you feel that you can't be beat. And then you stick out that chest just a little more, and you go out and you feel that you can't be touched, and you start, you don't even realize it, but you just jump that next rung and you play harder, you play stronger, you're faster, and you just, I mean, belief and motivation, I mean, it's a huge thing in the National Football League, and and it's surprising that it would be, but it it really is, and this is a team that they're unified, they believe in themselves, and they scare me for that reason. Now, there's going to be some losses coming up. They're going to be playing teams like New England. they're going to be playing some tough teams, but, you know, the Steelers do too. And if the Steelers can't turn it around and uh, can't rebound from a game like this and go two and two and something happens that, that Baltimore picks up a win and at the first quarter of the season has a two-game lead on them, that's, you know, they're, they're starting to pull away already, and that's just the beginning of the season. So that's, that's something that I'm going to be talking about in my final fact on uh, how pivotal this game is coming up. But you've got to worry about a team like Baltimore. And confidence, uh, I think Cincinnati is a better team, 
but Cincinnati does. I mean, they they've got some head cases on that team, and they just don't have the discipline that I actually think Baltimore has right now. And so, as the weeks go by, and there's still no zeros in the loss column, you start to think that they're going to be pretty special. And they start to think they're pretty special. The next thing you know, they're 12 and four and you're like, what happened? So at, at this point, I right now, statistically in the win column, they are the best team. I think Pittsburgh is the better team, but you've got to see it in the win loss column. And right now it's Baltimore. So I'm actually going to say fact right now for all those factors that I once said, I hope I'm wrong. But right now, I'm going to disagree with you and say fact. We have just finished the six-pack of fact or fiction. We definitely want to hear from you. Please feel free to call 347-850-8581. We have somebody that has been waiting patiently on the line, and we are going to go to the phones right now and see who's waiting for us. Welcome to the Steelers six-pack of fact or fiction. You're on with Brian and Eric. Who's this? Good evening, gentlemen. Vito Manco from New Jersey. Vito, how are you, my friend? Good evening, good evening. I guess I'm going back to the point you made about the Wheaton drop in the end zone and that being a turning point, which I guess I can't figure out why that should be a turning point because it's the beginning of the game. And I know after a six-minute drive, the offense was commanding that game, and then all of a sudden he drops the ball in the end zone, and then the very next play they got to settle for a field goal, and that gets blocked, and it seemed like it took the wind out of the offensive line because, you know, they had the ball for six minutes and they really were controlling that game. And if they come away with seven, probably changes the game plan for the Eagles because now they got to be more aggressive to try to catch up and tie the game. But so early on, I don't understand why that should have had a big impact on the rest of the game. That's my first point. The second point, I think Ben had a tough night because the offensive line wasn't doing a great job of protecting him. If you if you notice, there was a lot of times where, you know, those guys are really getting after him. And I heard a stat that back in 2008, last time he played the Eagles, he got sacked eight times, and on the ride home, he was ready to quit the NFL. So he's had a history with that team, and he's had a history playing in that stadium where the guy was ready to give up in the past. So, But I also think his offense doesn't do him a favor when he's throwing the ball and they're not making the catches, meaning we or anybody else. So, I mean, I can't put the blame only on him because remember one thing, if we took him out of the equation number seven, we we have no chance of winning anything ever. I mean, you look at the history of this guy and how long he's been on that team and, and how this team has bounced back because before him, who did we really have? Cordell Stewart? I mean, even though we got to the playoffs, we never really had a chance. And we were in the Super Bowl years ago against Dallas. We had Neil O'Donnell. I mean, I think he was crummy. So to me, you take seven out of that equation, and this is a different football game. It's a different football team, period. What do you guys think? You know what, Vito? I uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, well, this is something we talked about yesterday on the Monday Hangover with yep. you, um, yep. with Jeff and I. And, you know, and when I brought up those facts, I had that conversation in my mind. Um, you know, there's something I said when I said that. I said, you shouldn't think that it would take the win out of, sales, out of their sales. And that was in homage to what you said yesterday. Um, I don't know why it did. It shouldn't. You should be like, okay, we've six minutes. There's 54 to go. 
were fine, regroup, but they just didn't. It's, it, it was strange because when that happened, you seem to, you seem to see them hanging their heads and thinking, well, here we go again. And then Philadelphia was just, you know, they were underdogs the entire week. Everyone was saying they can't do it. The, uh, the clock is going to strike midnight on Carson Wentz. And they're like, no, we're here, and we're good, and you're not giving us credit. And they answered the bell where Pittsburgh did not. That, that's, I still think the better team going to that game was definitely Pittsburgh, and they had a right to be favored. But that changed everything. Cause, you know, would you agree, Vito, in those six minutes that they look like world beaters going down the field? Yeah, yeah they had a great so, offense coming yeah, in. Yeah, it, it was six fantastic. Minutes, six minutes. So, yeah. so I, I know it, ifs and buts, but if that, if that happens, if they go ahead and Wheaton catches that ball, in my mind, I think it's a different ball game. Because then momentum is on the Pittsburgh side. I mean, Philly's still going to score. That's not a 34-3 ball game if they score that seven points because, I mean, in the National Football League, momentum is such a big deal. And then all of a sudden Philadelphia is like, here we go. Okay, maybe they were right. And you know they're professionals getting paid a lot of money, and you don't think they should feel that way. But stuff creeps into your head. That's something I was just saying about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you start believing you're good and seeing that it's happening, and then they suddenly feel like they can beat the world. Well, that's what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles. They realized that at that point they felt like world beaters and nothing was going to stop them as soon as that ball dropped out of their hands, as soon as they uh, batted that ball away from Chris Boswell. So that's, that's what I think about that. Eric, what can you add to this? I mean, I just think that there's so many variables on any play. Um, if we can catch that ball and suddenly Philadelphia now has to play from behind, that changes their play calling, that changes the situation in Carson Wentz's mind. Um, I think Right, as you're saying, those those doubts creep into the Philadelphia defenders, and they say, "Well, not only do we have to worry about Antonio Brown, but now there's a, another guy catching touchdowns on us." Um, and then I just think that the drop, um, followed up by the, the blocked field goal, just for whatever reason, seemed to convince Pittsburgh that it was going to be a long day when they had just driven right down the field. And uh, I agree that the offensive line struggled. And the, I know that was one of your your earlier points. Um, I agree that the Lions struggled throughout the game and didn't provide Roethlisberger with much help. Yeah, Vito, I uh, you were spot on um, with that entire take. Just the fact that uh, this was a total team loss. And but it, I mean, for me, I looked at it and I just thought Ben looked off too. And I'm not used to uh, I'm not used to seeing it and you brought up the other quarterbacks, and you're right. There's, in Pittsburgh lore, since 1933, there's basically two. There's one and one A, and I'm not even going to get in that debate on who's one and who's one A, but it's Bradshaw and it's Ben, and no one's even close. In fact, the guy considered the third best statistical, statistically the third best quarterback in history is Neil O'Donnell, and uh, – and we all agree that he couldn't shine their cleats. Oh, for no. sure. Yeah. 
So, Vito, thank you so much for calling in. Um, let me ask you real quick before you get off the line here, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the game on, against Kansas City? Is it a rebound, or is this the beginning of a lot of problems in Pittsburgh? I usually think it's a rebound because if you look at their past history, they've always bounced back from a bad game. And the difference is you're home now. Where last year we played Kansas City and Kansas City, hostile environment, different you know game altogether. We're playing Sunday night, a televised game. You know, all eyes on them. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of stuff is going to go on in that locker room. And look, Ben is a leader, so I'm sure he's going to talk to his guys and say, look. We didn't have the game we want. We were terrible. We need to get better. And that's what it comes down to. Now, what happens if they put together the same type of drive and the same problem happens? Are they going to turn around now and feel defeated? I mean, come on. we got four quarters to play. Think about the game against the Denver Broncos. If they don't win that game, that loss by the, by the Jets to the Bills, they would have never got into the playoffs to begin with. But if you remember, Denver was dominating them on offense, and then the second half they came in, and it was a totally different ball game, right? And weren't they down like yep. two scores? Yeah. So what sh- what should change from that game versus Sunday night's game, right? Think about it. I mean, Denver has a very very superior defense, probably better than most defenses in the league today. I mean, you know, they have some of the best corners, some of the best pass rushers, and. They have a good offensive line. I mean, look, their quarterback wasn't lights out either. They just happened to really take advantage of Pittsburgh's weakness that day. But look at what Pittsburgh did in the second half of that game. They shut them down, and the offense was just clicking on all cylinders. Now, the difference may be, yes, we was playing week after week where this is his first week back. Let's see what happens. I mean, if the guy continues to drop passes, we got a big problem with him, and someone else is going to have to step up for him. But I... I've always gone back to the fact, why did they let Emmanuel Sanders go? Because look at the success he's having in Denver. In Denver, How great would it be to have him on the other side of Antonio Brown right now? You know, the guy's a veteran now. He's having great success. I mean, yes, he made some key drops at times when he was with the Steelers. But overall, look at the last few years, how well of a player he was. I mean, I think that's one that they let get away. And I'll keep saying that because I don't know if Wheaton will ever hold up to him. We don't know. You know, I uh, they saw the writing on the wall with Emmanuel Sanders because uh, I, a lot of people do forget that the year before that uh, New England offered offered a contract to him when he was a restricted free agent, and he almost went to the Patriots, but Pittsburgh matched it because they had nobody else besides Antonio Brown at the time. And so what they did, they went out and they drafted Marcus Wheaton in the third round, knowing that they weren't going to be able to hold on to this guy, knowing that they just paid, at that point, just paid a whole bunch of money to Antonio Brown and uh, that it just wasn't going to be in the plans. And I actually feel the same thing happening right now with a guy like Marcus Wheaton. I could see him um, going ahead and whether you think he deserves it or not, going ahead and get pretty good money in the offseason from another team. I don't expect to see him in black and gold next year. I just don't think there's going to be room for him. Um, I'd love to see him because I think that he's shown some flashes of brilliance. But I remember thinking in Emmanuel Sanders' final year with the Steelers, I thought he dropped way too many passes. And I was surprised at that point that he was getting the attention on the market that uh, he was getting at the time. And I really thought that Peyton Manning, 
at the very beginning made him a better player when he got there. Um, they, it was just a good opportunity for him at the time. Um, so with that being said, I, I see them following a similar path, but I, I just don't think financially at the time it was in the cards and they knew they weren't going to keep him. So that's why Marcus Wheaton was drafted so high at that time. Well, thank you very much, Vito. I appreciate it. I'm going to mimic Jeff Hartman when I say you are definitely a Hall of Fame color to uh, BTFC podcast, and we greatly appreciate you. And we know we're going to hear from you next week. So have a great time watching the game on Sunday night and, uh, and help us bring home the win, my friend. You got it. Have a good evening. Thank you for what you do. All right. Thank you, Vito. All right. Great call, as always, from Vito. I love to hear from him. Um, we are going to go ahead to the phone. Somebody else at a 717 number. You are on the air with Brian and Eric. It's the Six Pack of Factor Fiction. Good evening. Hello. Yes, hello. Caller. Well, we seem to be having problems. Uh, one more time, uh, 717, um, caller on the air, six-pack of factor fiction. Can you hear us? Seems like we're having a bad connection there, Eric. Yeah, that's too bad. So, you know, Vito brought up a lot of good points, and he's been calling in for a long time to Behind the Steel Curtain, and I uh, always appreciate what he has to say. And he brought this up yesterday that it's just, I mean, he just can't imagine a team um, giving up um, with with six minutes gone in the game. But it, and I'm not really saying that they did. It's just momentum changed at that point, and they just looked at that point like like they lost that game. And it, and that's just my feeling of what I saw. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I I, I I know you said something briefly about that, but uh, do you really think momentum was that big of a factor, or is it just the fact that they were beat up and down by the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, Peter made a lot of good points, but I, I really don't think I, – I think it was definitely like a, a dagger, that uh, the drop pass and the, the block field goal, but I don't think that's when they gave up. Um, I think it was that was just – just an old-fashioned bucket, and um, the Eagles just took it to the Steelers all game long. Um, it seemed like you know Carson Wentz had had all day to throw. It, uh, um, the turning point for me, I think, was the Sproles receiving touchdown, where he uh, he got free on the sideline and then burned past everyone. Um, if you rewatch that. It seems like Sproles is content to just kind of go out of bounds, and he notices uh, Sean Davis come over and starts to jog, and uh, that's when Sproles turns on the Jets and blows by everybody. That was just sloppy defense um, on the Steelers, and I think that was more of a more of a uh, more of a reason why they lost the game than them giving up, you know, with ten minutes to go in the first quarter. All right, I I really like that point too. Well, we're coming up near the end. Then we're going to give you one more opportunity to go ahead and call in. It's 347-850-8581. Steelers six-pack, fact or fiction. I'm Brian. He is Eric. 
and uh, we have had a great time uh, talking about the Steelers tonight. Big game coming up this weekend, and that leads into my final fact of the night. I'm going to say for my final fact that this is a pivotal game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I actually think that this is a game that can make or break the 2016 season. Now, I was told yesterday when I brought this up, I've been told by a few people when I brought this up that you're crazy. At week four, you can't possibly have a make or break game. But here's the situation. You have a team, and we talk about uh, the momentum that Baltimore is gaining at, uh, at 3-0 and right now. If they go ahead and get a win and you drop a big game at home against Kansas City in primetime, where you usually do pretty well at home, and you drop down to 2-2, two and two, then a quarter of the season is all the way it's gone. So you have 12 games left at that point. And if you take 2-2, two and two, and yet times it by four, you've got an eight and eight season. And that means that you are looking for help. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have an eight and eight season, but that means that you've got to start playing on your heels, and it's too early to start playing on your heels, but that is what's going to happen. If you're two games behind the league leader at that point, I mean the division leader at that point, you're going to have a lot, you're going to have a lot of work to get back there, and you're going to need some help like they needed tons of help at the end of the year and that that uh that miracle interception that was thrown by uh by Ryan Fitzpatrick to the Buffalo defense at the end of the year to get you into the playoffs and you have to rely on another team. You just don't want to do that. You want to go three and one. You want to be playing seven fifty ball at the end of the first quarter of the season. And so that's why I think this is a pivotal game. But uh, so I am going to say that is definitively my final fact of the night. Eric, you have a, a quick comment on that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think this is a big game. You definitely want to get out to that hot, uh, the hot start, be three and one. It doesn't get any easier after this game. They still have to play New England. They still have to play both games against Baltimore, Indianapolis, uh, Cleveland again. Cincinnati, you know, it, it doesn't get any easier. So this is a big game. Um, I'm actually going to be at that game, so I would actually oh, prefer wow. a win right. as well. Um, that, would, that would be nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I agree. This, this is a big game. I'm, they're banged up, and I think it'll show the uh, show the rest of the league if they can pull it out that, you know, they're a resilient bunch and they can fight through the injuries. So look for Eric at that game. He's going to be the one wearing black and gold. You can't miss him. Um, what number are you wearing? Are you wearing a jersey at the game, Eric? Um, so far, I've always worn uh, my Jerome Bettis jersey when I go. I'm thinking of changing that up this time. Um, it's undecided at this point. That's uh, that's great. You know, I mean, go with what got you there. Unless the last time you wore it, they lost. Then, uh, then maybe you change some things up because I'm very superstitious when it comes to that. I wore my D'Angelo white jersey the other day. Um, this week, I'm actually thinking going back to James Harrison. I've had some great success with my home James Harrison. So I'm going to put that one on. But uh, um, Cam Hayward's in the mix too. So uh, with that being said, we have a few minutes left in the show, but another color has just popped up, and I want to go to that real quick. It's an 804 number. Welcome to the Steelers Six-Pack of Factor Fiction. You are on with Eric and Brian. Good evening. 
Hi, Eric. Brian, this is Mike calling about the Steelers' defense. What are we going to do me, about this? What are we going to do about this Tampa 2 coverage system that we got going on? Where's the rush? Where's the blitz? Why are we not getting to the quarterback? You know, I think it's uh, something we talked about yesterday. I think it's all scheme. I think it's by design. This is the same exact team that last year, Mike, had 48 sacks, the third best mark in the entire National Football League. So what's changed? Personnel has not changed much at all on the defensive side of the ball. Sure, Bud Dupree is uh, injured, but uh, it's not like he was in double-digit sacks. And, the, and a few guys that are gone, um, they, weren't, they weren't big factors. You know, it wasn't Sean Spence who was racking up all those sacks, and it wasn't Antoine Blake either. So, I mean, the, the defense actually, personnel-wise, has gotten a little bit better since last year, but they're not getting to the quarterback because they are not being sent to the quarterback. They are uh, something we talked about earlier in the show was the fact that uh, they're being left to make sure that the uh, the quarters and the defensive backs are not left on an island. They're playing back to help them out. It's t- it is time that Keith Butler goes ahead and unleashes those guys. I saw some shades of brilliance the other day in Anthony Ciccolo. I saw Jarvis Jones getting with the backfield, but the fact most of the time seems like those guys weren't getting sent. So maybe if you just send these guys a little more and abandon that Tampa too and go ahead, um, experiment a little and send them and see what you have. I mean, and Eric said it earlier, if you go ahead and you, uh, and you uh, let those guys alone and see what they can do, but you let the, the guys rush the passer, that's helping the defensive backs in the first place. But that's what it was designed to do, help the defensive backs by keeping these guys back. So it's, it's been a major sticking point even when they were 2-0, and but it's mm-hmm. now magnified when they lose a game like that. Eric, what do you and think? I agree with you. I, I was just going to jump in real quick. I agree with you on that. Oh, I, good, I just think when I saw what I saw with the Eagles game is that we played off on the, on the DBs. We played way off, and I feel like you know, we could have disguised the Tampa 2 a little bit more, you know, dropping back after the snap. Give it a little bit more disguise. Try to confuse the rookie quarterback. It just seemed like we were in position, the guy could pick us apart, and there really wasn't much that we could do other than they really performed well and we had to react to everything that they did. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're exactly correct, and that's something, I mean – Good teams adjust, and this is a good coordinator. We know he's a good coordinator. Um, he's done some yeah. very good things. Um, but no adjustment, they, though. They can't just keep going with it. you got to adjust. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line of the whole thing. Eric, what do you think about the adjustment, real quick? Uh, I, I think this is the week to do it, if you're going to do it. Um, going up against Alex Smith, he's not a guy who's going to throw the ball, you know, too far down the field. I think this is a perfect week to just – see what you got rushing the pass there and see what yeah. the defense so Mike, can do. Mike, let me ask you a question real quick. Does Kansas City Dude. scare you at all? Because they scare me, and I'll tell you why. They are almost a clone of what you saw in Philadelphia the, the other day, maybe a little bit better because 
Remember, the head coach of Philadelphia was the offensive coordinator <laughs> last year in Kansas yep. City, and they are set up. They're very similar in makeup. In fact, uh, yes. the running backs, I think, are better in Kansas City. Yeah, and, and they're going to play that same type of passing. You know, get those short passes. He's going to drop back, get it out to the open guy, and they're going to run in through the secondary, which it looked like we were having a hard time tackling in the secondary. Um, I am a little worried about this game. It is a do-or-die. It's going to definitely test us. And what I'm looking forward to seeing is what Bell can bring to the table and take some of the pressure off of A.B. and Big Ben. It seems like they were on the same page, but nobody else was really getting the ball, or and Ben was kind of off a little bit. Um, yeah, Wheaton dropped the pass. I was expecting a little bit more out of him as well going into that Philly game. Maybe he comes back in a little bit now with Bell back. I, I'm hoping Bell brings a dimension to the game. Maybe he's running down and lining up in the slot with Williams in the back. I don't know. There's something that's got to happen in order to make the offense dynamic to take the pressure off the defense. And the defense has got to step up and get to the quarterback like we know that they can. You know what? You're 100% correct. It's all there. I mean, this team, I still feel that this is a team of destiny like I did the past few weeks. I mean, that started to wane a little bit after uh, the debacle in Philadelphia. But I still think this is a special, special team in Pittsburgh that, that we're watching this year. And I, I, I think the window is perfectly open for them to go to that next level and be in the big game in San Francisco, uh, excuse me, um, in Houston the, this coming year. So with that being said, I really think that uh, this is the team, but they've got to make those adjustments. And if they don't do it, and it's not going to happen, and this is going to be, this could be the beginning of, of a slide for this team if, if they can't get past Kansas City because it starts getting into your head. But mm-hmm. the big thing for me is the fact that I know that Andy Reid is not just uh, eating Kansas City barbecue right now. You know he's watching tons <laughs> of tape of this game. You know, I'm sure yep. he's probably eating barbecue while he's watching tons of tape. I would be. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> what, what I'm saying here, though, is – they're looking at this game. He has a relationship with Doug Peterson. I'm sure he's been on the phone with Doug Peterson this week. If he hasn't, yeah. I'd be completely shocked. And I've, uh, and I'll tell you, they're going to go after him the same way. And if the Steelers just sit back and say, "Okay, bad week," we're going to keep it the same way that that we had it, and we're just going to hope for some better luck, and we're going to hope to execute better. It's just not going to work. So that's why I think they need to tinker. They need to do things better. But you're right about Le'Veon Bell. I think he's going to electrify that crowd. That crowd is going to be great. But you just want to do it right and scheme it right to keep that crowd loud, keep those towels waving, and uh, keep Kansas City's offense off the field because it seemed like Philadelphia had the ball forever. And I I, I don't know the exact um, time of possession, but it just seemed like I was looking at Carson Wentz all day. I mean, when I closed my <laughs> eyes, I, I felt like Carson Wentz was dropping back the pass and throwing at my eyelid. It was, it was just so much Carson Wentz yeah. that day. But uh, He's good. You know, with that being said, 
I mean, go ahead. Well, other thing I other thing I noticed was that both sides of the ball, the O line and D line, were getting blown off. You guys probably already talked about this, but it was kind of kind of even on the defensive side, it was it was kind of when they would run the ball, they were getting blown back. And then I saw a couple plays where um, a couple linemen were getting blown back five yards into the backfield, you know, back into Ben, and Ben couldn't even step in to throw the ball. And that was kind of a little uh, concerning to me, knowing that, you know, we invested a lot of draft picks in our offensive line. And, you know, here we are getting blown off the ball. So, you know, I'm a little worried about that. I agree with you on that. I'm Eric. Sure. Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's it. Eric, I want to ask you a question there real quick. Um, this, uh, Mike brought up the offensive line. And a question I have for you and something that I've noticed, it made me realize how very important that Ramon Foster is in that yes. starting lineup and playing at a right guard. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that his presence and putting a, uh undrafted second-year man like uh, B.J. Finney in there, do you think that made a huge difference in this game? How, how paramount is it that, that uh, Ramon Foster be in there? I mean, have, have you gained a better respect for Ramon seeing him not in that game? Uh, absolutely. Um, offensive line in general is definitely something where you, you don't want to tinker around with it too much. You want to keep the same guys in there. So uh, everyone behind them knows you know what to expect. Um, that it, It's definitely just something that affects every offense of the game from the pressure on Ben, from the running lanes. Um, and you know, Foster, Foster is one of those guys – too, that where if you're not a fan of the Steelers, you probably don't know him. Um, but if you talk to you know people around the league, he I think he appeared on a lot of guys' uh, uh, lists last year for a potential Pro Bowl, and he some people feel he got snubbed. Um, he, I, I've definitely gained a lot of respect for Foster, and I think it's a huge deal, not just him, just having continua- continuity along the uh, offensive line. You know what? He is an unsung hero of the team. And Mike, to your point, yeah, they were getting blown off the ball. And uh, I will, I will say this for the fact that, uh, I mean, as good as David DeCastro, I think he is. He went up against one of the very best defensive tackles in the game, in Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox went to his first Pro Bowl last year, as did David DeCastro. But there's going to be multiple for Fletcher Cox. Um, that guy is that good, and he dominated uh, David DeCastro on that day. But David DeCastro is better than that, and I think he's a guy that is going to rebound too. Um, one more point that no one brought up. Um, I did not bring up. I thought penalties in that game were uh, very early on. William Gay got got nailed. We're getting mm-hmm. for uh, late hits that uh, – um, some some of those uh, big penalties were ticky tack and uh, roughing the passer, but, uh, roughing the passer call. Yes, where <laughs> where he just sort of hit his hit him in the helmet barely. Yeah. Um, I that's, I mean that's even a Tom Brady uh, call. even Phil Sims anything. who doesn't give him much of a break was saying that that was a that uh, he thought that was an iffy call. Um, I just I just thought it was uh, 
there was a lot of factors. It seemed like every time something happened, it was just going in the wrong direction for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. But we've, we've got another week coming up, and I think it's going to be a rebound. I think they're going to learn from this game. I still think that they are uh, on track, and they're not going to win 16 games this year, and we never expected them to win 16 games. And this is the one game that you could afford to lose. You just don't want to lose in that fashion. So now, coming up to the Kansas City game, we all agree that it is paramount, and I think uh, we're going to see the real Pittsburgh Steelers no matter what happens um, in this game. Win or lose, we see the real Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is going to be uh, that's going to be uh, the future of the entire 2016 year, and it's going to happen um, come 8 p.m. on Sunday night. So, Mike, thanks so much for calling in. I appreciate you. We hope to hear from you again next week. Please keep calling. You had fantastic yeah. points. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wearing my uh, Mean Joe Green jersey, hoping the defense steps it up. Very good. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I want to have an entire show just dedicated to superstitions and jerseys. I love to hear what people are wearing. It's, uh, that, that's fantastic. I don't have a Mean Joe, but my next throwback jersey is going to be an L.C. Greenwood. Um because oh, wow. uh, you don't see a whole lot of them, but I know where I can get one, and that's uh, that's next on the list. Um, <laughs> that is the number 28, Sean Davis, just so I can wear my own name on my back. Um, I don't care how good he is. I just I just want my name, and the whole family is getting that for Christmas if I can get a hold of it. But, hey, thanks again. Have a great week. Thank you. Eric O'Connell, great job filling in. Really appreciate all of your insight. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time on uh, Pittsburgh Six-Pack of Fact or Fiction. We had a great show. We heard from Mike. We heard from Vito. Um, Eric made some excellent points. Um, I threw one or two in there <laughs> as well. I, I hope they were, uh, they were on the mark. But uh, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, your opinion counts. So we hope to hear from you once again next week. Remember Pittsburgh Six-Pack of Fact or Fiction. But remember, most of all, behind the steel curtain for all your Steeler needs. Eric, thank you once again. Hey, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm just going to end by saying go Steelers. All right. We appreciate it. And uh, you'll look for Eric's name on uh, behindthesteelcurtain.com and look for me, Brian Anthony Davis, where you'll see uh, random thoughts of the black and gold mine. You'll also see Steeler stalwarts and uh, uh, picks coming up as well as Know Your Enemy will be highlight the uh, team we're going to play. So this week, Kansas City Chiefs, I will have that coming out on Saturday morning. So uh, thanks again for Eric O'Connell subbing in for uh, the vacationing Zach Parnes. I am Brian Anthony Davis. This was Steelers Six Pack of Factor Fiction for Behind the Silk Curtain. Have a great week, and that's a fact, Jack. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.